1: I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story.
2: Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness.
1: My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else.
2: Ask your doctor about Ubrel-V, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at UbrelV.com or call 844 ubrelvy Sponsored by AbbVie.
0: I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? Explain to me. No, you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's It's not. It's an
1: illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing.
0: Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight. I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza, and ultimately make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I
1: ask everybody all kinds of stuff.
0: It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen.
1: Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now, I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story.
2: Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness.
1: My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else.
2: Ask your doctor about Ubrel V, the Anytime Anywhere Migraine Medicine. Learn more at ubrelvi.com or call 8444 UBRELVY, sponsored by AbbVie.
0: I have had an enormous number of once-in-a-lifetime journalistic experiences doing the predator investigations. And without question, one of them that is at the top of the list. Occurred in Flagler Beach, Florida, in December 2006, when for the first time I actually interviewed two different predators at the same time. And you may remember this because it uh, is the topic of a lot of TCap discussion. Tennis boy 213 suffers con and slaves to mistresses. 26 year old. Yazan for These two guys made TCAP history at 3 o'clock in the morning in Flagler Beach at our Stinghouse. And we didn't really anticipate the impact of all this, this confluence of events. But as you can imagine, these predator investigations are very strenuous emotionally, intellectually, physically, really, because there's a lot of moving around and, and it's just a very intense environment. And we have always been careful to try to avoid having two guys show up at the same time for the obvious reasons. One, you know, if I'm interviewing one guy and a second guy rolls by, he's going to see what's happening and bold. Now, we've had guys come back because they want to meet a child so badly for sex, But typically, if the guy's in his right mind, he's not going to come back. He's going to realize that he almost walked into a sting operation, almost got confronted by Chris Hansen, and almost got arrested by law enforcement. So he's going to be in the wind. The chances are law enforcement will catch up with him at some point, but that's not what he's going to be thinking. He's going to be thinking he dodged a bullet. So, as I said, we try not to do this. But in the case of Safraz Khan and Yazin as 4 we thought we had a pretty good chance of pulling it off. So Safras Khan, 25 years old, tennis boy 213, is a guy who lived in Ocala, Florida, worked at a Publix grocery store. And he was a, at least a part-time college student. His family came from Guyana, where his dad was a veterinarian and. They moved first to California, which is apparently where he got this Tennis Boy 213 screen name. 213 was the Los Angeles area code, the only Los Angeles area code for quite some time. Now, it's just one of them. And apparently he played tennis. So that was his moniker online. And the family moved around and ultimately ended up in Florida, which is where, unfortunately for Safras Khan, he and I met. He's chatting online. With a girl who he believes is thirteen, and I'll give you a sense for that chat right here. Tennis boy two thirteen lies about his age. This always amazes me because what's the difference really? Whether he's twenty five or twenty two, in his mind apparently it makes him more palatable to a thirteen year old girl. And right away she says her age. Hi hi twenty three male Florida you thirteen female Florida right there. This is within seconds of the conversation. She says she's 13. Kiana does. And they talk. And he asks. And they start the chat. And just literally less than a minute into the conversation, he says, Are you a virgin? Yes. Cool, he says. So I'm guessing you like older guys. Yeah, if they're nice. And he talks about her race. He explains he's from Guyana. She says, she's mixed race, black and white. Are you alone? He asks, Yes. Can I call you? I'm going to bed soon. Can I just talk to you for a little bit before you fall asleep? And he's gonna get right into the sex talk. So, do you masturbate? Now, remember, he already knows she's 13. Would you like to get in bed with me? Never done that before. Be right back. Are you there? He asks, Okay, back. Where did you go? Had to pee. Now, the decoy from Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group with which we worked in this investigation and so many others, they know how to play this role of a 13-year-old girl. And they, they really talk like a 13-year-old. So there's no mistaking in the potential predator's mind that this is some sort of role playing. They, they know this going in. Now, they'll argue it later, and they do in this case, as you'll see as well. Would you get turned on if I were there making out with you, says Tennis Point 213. Does the idea of that turn you on? Yeah, I guess it would. Would you want me to go further? What do you mean? He gets into detail about taking her clothes off, having sex. Then he asks, have you ever seen a guy's penis when it's hard? Only on here. Kiana's screen name is Crazy for Justin06, Justin meaning Justin Bieber, and that all plays in with her age. Remember, it's 2006 at the time of this conversation. Then she mentions that another guy sent her a picture of his penis. He asks how old he was. Pretty old, maybe 40s. Then, because he's so protective, he says, That's too old for you. Did you keep watching it? No, I turned it on, she said. So if I were there, would you want... To see me naked? I'm tall and skinny. And this is interesting about Tennis Boy 213, Safras Khan, because he's so insecure. He wants to make sure that not only the girl wants to get together for a sexual liaison, he wants to make sure that she thinks he's attractive, that she likes his hair, for instance, that she likes the way he looks. But then he goes right back into all this obscene talk. My cock is seven inches long. Wow, that's big, she says. Do you like that? Would you like to try sucking on it when I get naked? And it goes on and on, and they exchange numbers and talk about a meeting. And and finally, finally, at 3 a.m., one December morning, in Flagler Beach, Florida, here comes Safra's cock. We know he's coming. And we also know that this other fellow, Yazan as four, could be coming very soon as well. So Safras Khan comes in and we realize as it's happening that there's an issue. The girl pictured in the profile being used by the perverted justice decoy is a dark skinned girl with dark hair. The onside decoy is light skinned and blonde hair. So when Safra's con sees her, he gets hinky real fast. And she sounds different in person than she did during the telephone conversation. And we'll play some of the telephone conversation for you as well. So he's thinking, Oh my God, what's happening here? Did I walk into the wrong house? Is this some sort of a sting? Am I in trouble? And I sense this because he mentions that you don't sound like the girl I talk to. And that's when I walk out and tell him I'm going to need him to have a seat right over there. Now, if you listen, the interaction between the decoy on site and Safras Khan, you'll hear one voice. Take a listen to that.
1: You can come in. You can come in here and sit down for a minute if you want.
0: And now listen to some of the phone conversation that Khan had with the perverted justice decoy. So are you usually home by yourself?
1: really depends on Mama's work schedule. They have her at odd hours and she can work really, really late or really, really early. <laughs> so I don't really know or pay attention. All I know is that when I wake up and she's gone, I got to feed myself.
0: You can see the difference, and you can understand why Conn was a little bit freaked out. That being said, he does comply, and it would turn out that he almost immediately knew what was going on. He recognized the situation, the scenario, me, and knew he was in trouble. So Conn sits down, and I start asking questions. I need to talk to you for a minute. Why don't you have a seat right there, please? What's going on? I'm sorry. You're sorry for what? That I did this. And what did you do exactly? I came to meet someone that was underage. And why did you do that? I don't know. It sure seemed like you knew what you wanted during this chat. At first, Khan is denying that he would have done anything with a 13-year-old girl. But the, the pictures are there, and I confront him the chat is dirty and it makes it very clear as to what he wanted to do and so he pretty early on starts going from denial to apology and trying to figure out a way that he can get out of this bad situation but before we get into all that, well here comes Yazan for Slaves to Mistresses He's 26, and he's driven all the way from Tampa, Florida, where he's a college student. He's from Jordan, where he actually played on a professional or semi-pro basketball team. And he walks in, also looking for a 13-year-old girl, but his scenario is just so totally bizarre and different, and I'll get into that in just a moment here. But he walks in with his Florida sweatshirt on, and I invite him to come to the bar counter where I'm having a conversation with Khan and invite him to sit down. Now, this is to catch a predator first. And we had discussed Ronnie Knight and myself and the producers, Perverted Justice, and alerted the, the police that, you know, this was a possibility. So everybody was on the same page here because it becomes more complicated from a security standpoint, from an editorial standpoint, from a production standpoint, when we have two guys at the same time. The whole set is created for me to talk to one guy. Now, we have two guys. Now, the production team is very talented, and obviously, this whole series of investigations from the very beginning up until today is predicated upon being flexible and being able to call audibles, which is what we do. So, that's what we did. And I'm flying a little bit by the seat of my pants only because while I'm pretty familiar with Khan's transcripts, I don't have a detailed review of as fours. I know it's bad, I know it's dirty, he's got pictures and things in there, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But I I don't have a grasp on it at the level I do of cons. So, I figure, well let's create a little bit of a television moment here, and, and I introduce the two of them sitting there, and you can listen to that here. Why don't you come in over here and, uh, Stand right over here at the bar. How are you? Good, good. Please, come here. I want you guys to meet each other. This is Tennis Boy 213. And and Tennis Boy, this is uh, Slave to Mistresses, right? Now, Khan has pretty much figured out what's happening, as I mentioned earlier. As for, has not. But he does know, and he's coming to the stark realization that what he's done here is not good. He has had this lengthy chat with a girl who has identified herself as 13 about wanting to be naked, wearing a dog collar, having her use him as a human toilet. And he gets into detail about that, actually defecating and urinating on him, strapping on a device to have anal sex with him. And basically, having this 13-year-old girl live out his BDSM fantasy on him. Now, he doesn't actually say that he wants to have sex with her. And he relies upon this as some sort of a defense. And I keep at him in the interview saying, you wanted to have sex with this girl. And he says, well, no, I didn't. And I guess in the traditional way of men having sex with women... That's technically true, but what he wanted to do was clearly morally offensive, legally wrong, and just a felony. There's no doubt about that. But listen to the exchange here. What were you planning on doing here tonight? Did you bring your collar with you? No. What is all this slave talk in here? And you're saying all this to a girl who said she was thirteen? Thirteen, yes. What is, all, what is all this about? I, mean, I don't want to have sex. Well, that's not what you say here. Is that you in those pictures? Got a collar on there. You sent this, right? You sent this? I can't remember. You can't remember. That's you, though, right? So there's only one way that these pictures could have gotten here, and that's by you sending them. Now, at some point, Khan says to Asfor that they're going to be arrested. And this comes after Asfor is curious about what's going to happen to them next. He still doesn't get that this is a to catch a predator investigation. Now, Khan has seen and says this, the to catch a predator investigations before. He's seen the show. We're both going to get arrested, I think. What? I'm very, I'm very sorry about this. I just want to make things right. I feel really bad about this. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Now, they're both very concerned, almost more concerned about this being on TV than them facing criminal charges here. And they talk about that. Can I Can I ask a question? Sure. Is, is my family going to have to know about this? Why are you so concerned about your family knowing? Because this, this is something that would just... All my life. Well, you made the decision to come in here, but you just, I'm going to get back with you in a minute because I have a couple questions for you. Ultimately, I explained to them in detail that this is for a show called To Catch a Predator. I identify myself and the cameras come out. Ronnie Knight, you can see my security guy comes into the picture because, again, this is a very fluid, dynamic situation. Two guys. And if they both decided to become physically violent... It could be an issue but they don't i've seen this program. you've seen this program yeah all right well you know what you've walked into here yeah you're still trying to figure this out so i'm going to tell you both what's going on here i'm chris hansen with dateline nbc okay we're doing a story on adults who try to meet underage teens online for sex as for his athletic he's built he's strong Khan is kind of a meek, mild-mannered-looking fellow. But I dismiss Con first. He leaves. He's taken into custody by Flagler Beach Police without incident. And just a moment later, out goes S4. He, too, gets on the ground, and he's arrested. On the ground. On the ground. On the ground. Now. Now. your back. The two are taken back to Flagler Police Headquarters, for their interrogation. And I'd say interrogation, it, it really is fascinating. It is in a way a continuation of my discussion with them, but you'll see that they are really, really now more worried about this becoming public, about this being on television. What will their families think than the actual criminal exposure and the potential of them going to prison? More of our story In a moment. So let's take a look at Khan first, Tennis Boy 213. He, in his interrogation, and you'll hear some of this in a second, just decides that he's going to fall down on his sword, admit that he's got a problem, and admit that he's done this before, sent nudes to underage girls. Take a listen.
2: How many of those girls did you send pictures to?
1: Um, Probably all of them.
0: All of them? I struggle with this, you know, internally. Obviously, I know I've always known it's wrong. And I I never realized just how big a problem it is. Khan is criminally charged. He is found guilty. And this is just the beginning for him of a years long myriad of legal problems. Because he goes to jail. For 15 months. Then he's on probation for five years. And he's given a lifetime sex offender registration. But after he serves the initial sentence, he's referred to Homeland Security, ICE, at the time, for deportation. Because he's not a U.S. citizen. He's still a citizen of Guyana, who is here in Florida on a student visa. And finally, in about 2015, he is actually deported. And the last we hear about Safra's Khan, he is back in Guyana. Now, here's a kid whose father was a veterinarian in Guyana, decided he wanted his children to have a different life. Moves the whole family to first California, and then to Florida and is given as far as we can tell a lot of opportunity to make it in this country and over a 10 year legal odyssey because of his predatory behavior online ends up right back in Guyana where as far as we know he is today now yasin as for he takes a different route after his arrest after he's charged with a number of crimes, felony crimes. He actually leaves the country. He escapes before trial and goes back to Jordan. Now, you can hear how terrified he is in his interrogation, and I'm going to play some of that for you in a second. But what you don't see or get a sense of in this podcast is how as four is is literally shaking almost convulsing in a seizure he's so anxious in this police interview and the interview starts with a female detective and she asks him some basic questions take a listen
2: and i can't remember if i asked you this or not are you a citizen are you a resident no. what um are you here on a work visa? No, student
1: visa you're on a student visa okay
0: and then later a male detective comes in to help with the interrogation after he's given his rights and he talks about being from Jordan where he was a basketball player being a student living in Tampa remember Tampa is about four and a half hours away from our sting location in Flagler Beach He had to drive a long way to get there at three o'clock in the morning and he maintains in the interrogation that he was never going to hurt the girl that he thought she was nice that he was just going to have her do these things to him at some point down the road if the relationship worked out and the detective is just so patently offended by this as he should be I mean we're talking about a 13 year old girl right and we don't have the full transcript from perverted justice in this case because they only get posted or publicized if there's a conviction or a guilty plea in these cases, uh, sometimes I get them regardless, but in this one, I don't have the full transcript. I saw some of that when I actually did the interview with S4 and the detectives obviously had it during the interrogation because you can listen to the detective ask him these specific questions and he's shaking throughout the entire interrogation. Remember that. But at some point you would be naked and collared, okay? So at some point, you did did intend to be naked in front of her. That's true. Maybe. Okay, I said that. At at 2 o'clock, she tells you she's a 13-year-old female. At 2.12, you tell her what you would like her to do. You type to her that you wanted her to slap you, spank you, humiliate you, put a strap-on on, and engage in anal intercourse with you.
1: You write in here, will you pee and shit in my mouth? And she
2: says, you like that? You said yes. I feel I belong to you if you do it.
0: Uh, So maybe maybe I I don't... S4 is very concerned about this being on television. And he says his future will be destroyed if it's on television. And the detective sort of says... Well, we don't know what's going to be on or what's not going to be on. The typical answer that we give, you know, that we haven't put together the, the, the show yet. Excuse me. everything uh, will be on the TV? They
2: haven't made a decision yet. It has all been videoed, but they haven't made a decision yet or edited any of it yet. So I don't know if it will be on there or not. Okay, please. Uh, uh, I
0: need your help. I swear. I, you know, I, I, I'm even a virgin. I have not done sex in my life. The detective offers Asfor some water and tries to settle him down. He also talks about the fact that he was also in this country on a student visa, and he was studying to get his degree. And as I mentioned, ultimately as for is able to get bail, and he's free, and he goes back to Jordan. So as we speak at this moment, there is still a bench warrant, for Yazan as for slaves to mistresses for these charges in Flagler Beach we do know that he has gone back to Jordan where according to social media he is married and has children actually has a job he was able to get a degree from a university in the UK but that's not the end of the As for story, there is an online financial dominatrix who goes by Miss Habibi. Now, I didn't know this was a thing, right? I've seen a lot of crazy things in my 40 years as a journalist, obviously, as the guy who catches predators. But apparently, these online financial dominatrices or dominatrix is... Apparently, these online financial dominatrix sites exist and guys actually get off on the dominatrix, not only telling them to do things interactively on video, but they also get off on the fact that the dominatrix has some sort of financial control over them. They have a credit card number. They have a debit card or some sort of a bank account, and they can take money at will and force these guys to do crazy stuff. So Joey Tcap, who you know as a friend and contributor to this podcast, is contacted by this Miss Habibi back around 2017, I guess. And she says, I've got this guy who's a client who goes online and has me order him to do things. And I think he's the same guy who was caught in to catch a predator by Chris Hansen. And it turns out, in fact, that's true. So we have this video, this interaction between the dominatrix, Miss Habibi, and somebody who is clearly Yazan Asfal. And in this bit I'm going to play for you now, she berates him, which is apparently what a dominatrix does to a guy who hires her, and confronts him on the fact that he was caught by me on the Predator show. Take a listen.
2: You've been on TV before, haven't you? Yes. I can't place where I've seen you before, so fucking tell me, stop wasting my time. Yes. What TV show were you on? I can't remember the name. You are smarter. Then you look. You look like a big, stupid fucking monkey. But you Christmas. know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about, you pathetic little shit, don't you? Yes, Mrs. You tried to go make a little girl shit on your face and got humiliated by Chris Hansen, didn't you? Yes, Mrs. All right, I s- hey, say hey, I was hey. busted on To Catch a Predator. Say it.
0: I mean, you can't make this up. It's almost like him being exposed by this financial dominatrix is punishment enough. Although, clearly, for what he was willing to do to a 13-year-old girl or have a 13-year-old girl do to him, he should have gone to prison. And if he ever comes back to the United States, he most certainly could. But here is Yazan Asfour, apparently living... On one side, a regular life in Jordan with a wife and children, sometimes posting regular husband-family stuff, but living this alternate lifestyle with Ms. Habibi. Hard to believe, but that is exactly how these two cases went down. As you know, I always try to get into the minds of these predators and try to understand how they became the way they are and what led them to these online conversations and to try to prey upon a child, to rape a child. In the case of Safras Khan, he would later tell detectives that he was himself sexually assaulted when he was a teenager. Now, I don't know if that's true and I don't know if that had anything to do with him wanting to be with a 13-year-old girl. It's still wrong. It's still illegal. And you wonder if anybody in Guyana, where he's currently living, knows about his background. And you wonder how many times he's offended since he surfaced in our investigation. And I guess we'll never know. But if you do hear this podcast and you know anything about the current whereabouts or activities of Safras Khan or Yazan S4, because I know people listen to this podcast all over the world, I'd sure like to know the very latest, because we will follow up and let you know what we hear in a future episode. As you know, I encourage everyone to reach out to me here with your questions and comments and input. Last week, we had an entire show, dialogue between you guys and me which I appreciate very much. And we have yet another question. This week's question is from Zahaya in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
1: Hi, Chris. I've been a big fan of yours for a very long time. I've been loving your podcast so far. Now, I have a question for you. In several of your podcasts, you've mentioned a desire to interview some of the predators that you've caught. So I guess I have two questions. One what's the possibility of actually obtaining an interview with them like do you think you have pretty good chances of securing an interview and two is what questions would you ask them that's what I'm really more curious about like what does your line of questioning look like when and if you get an interview with a predator so loving your podcast keep doing what you're doing
0: Those are excellent questions, ahead. I appreciate it very much. Yes, I do want to have some of the predators I've caught on this podcast for interviews, and I've actively reached out to a number of them for a couple of different reasons. One, I think it'd be very interesting to pose some of the questions to them that I may have not had the presence of mind to pose when they were in front of me. Most notably, I think people want me to talk to Lauren Armstrong. And I have a dialogue going with him right now. He's not the easiest fellow to deal with. I'll just put it that way. But I'm trying. And I'm hopeful. There are many others for many other reasons, too. Because I think there are some guys that I know specifically of them who have turned their lives around in a combination of ways. And I think that's just as important to hear on this podcast as it is for me to really get in somebody's face and to really confront somebody. And I think if one of these guys was brutally honest, I think it could be important because it could encourage somebody out there to get help before they act out in this way. And as we know, uh, this problem has only gotten worse. And we see this as we continue to put together new investigations for television and and for here. The explosion of social media platforms upon which a child can be approached by a predator has exploded. More kids spending more time online. The pandemic influence, all the things we know, has created a perfect storm for this sort of behavior. So I think it's more important than ever that we dig into it, focus on it, and address it. So thank you, Zahav, for that question. And I will keep you all posted about future interviews with predators. In the meantime, you can find me on YouTube and have a seat with Chris Hansen on Cameo, especially as the holidays approach on social media at all the places, you know, and you can reach me right here anytime you want at Chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be
1: watching and listening.